Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of Candidly Crew. I'm your host, Chesley White. And I'm Marina Register. Chesley, you went on vacation, didn't you? I haven't seen you, and I feel like I know, it's forever. been forever. Um, yeah, we went to Florida, to Treasure Island, Florida. Um, Steven's family has a timeshare there. Um, they've been going there for the past 30 years, nice. um, at least, I feel like. So, yes, yeah, so we went down, and Hudson got to experience the beach for the first time. It was awesome. He basically sat in front of us on the sand, and he had this little pail and he would say more water and mm-hmm. so we would have to walk to the beach <laughs> and get water and then bring it back up and then he would immediately dump it mm-hmm. and then say more water that sounds right that sounds like a really fun beach day yeah. it's just talking back, yeah, so back, back and forth and back and forth um and so after about the third time of that um it was just like you're gonna have to wait five minutes <laughs> just play with what you got but it was awesome it was so cool to see him playing the sand in the water and um he has no fear of the water, so that well, was awesome. Well, that's good. Yeah. I still have a little fear. There's, I mean, I yeah. love the ocean, but sharks are there. Sharks. The sharks are of, real. The amount of videos <laughs> I've watched where it's like a drone up above and you can see people playing and then there's just like the shark mm-hmm. shape stresses me right now. That's right. <laughs> so. uh, same here. 100%. Okay, so I actually have a quote that I want to share with you really bad. Okay. It's maybe the funniest thing I've ever seen. Anyways, I'm building up too much. My friend sent me this and she said, this is from an application, a job application someone sent in in the 80s. And the the first sentence of it just said, I feel that my major strength is being a male. Full stop. Okay. (laughs) And I just, I want to start doing that. I want to say, like, my major strength is not something that I've accomplished. It's not something that I do. It's literally. It's just who I am. When I was born, I was (laughs) this. (laughs) Okay. I'll start putting it down. Noted. My major strength is that I'm a female. Yeah. Just by who I am. I, I can't it. stop looking at it. It's just so funny. I just can't believe that someone was like, it is what it is. I am yeah. a male, and that's greatest strength. Yeah. Interesting. There it is. All right. Well, should we talk about Tanya for the day? really quick? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Tom, we are here. Our, our guest today mm-hmm. is uh, Tanya Jones with Bonnets. Uh, she's director of sales for them. Um, and yeah, I just, I enjoyed this episode a lot. I, I feel like it really got to the root of who she is, um, as an individual. And she talked a lot about being authentic and developing relationships. Um, and, and that, that is kind of her main role of her job. What do you think? Yeah, I really like how she focused on the people aspect of our industry, which I think there's so many other things going on, but at the heart of every real estate deal is the fact that people will be using this building or people want to buy this building. So she talked a lot about the fact that relationships have to be first. And even as the director of sales, like relationship first, the sales come after that. And I think that's a really important distinction because so often, like I know that in my business, I'm supposed to be selling. Like I do my work, <laughs> I do my audits, but I'm also supposed to get right, new clients. That's what you're measured on. Yeah. Right. And so to think through like, oh, I know how to build relationships. But if you were to say, like, do you know how to sell? I'd be like, well, but I think putting that perspective on it helps me feel like I'm giving something back. There's this idea of a relationship rather than just uh, here, take what I'm offering. Right. I think that's so important. And it's it's so important to be different. I think that that really makes a difference Mm -hmm. um, in how that relationship and ultimately that sale is made. Yeah. Yeah. So I think really just focusing on people is clearly what Tanya's, you know, interested in and it really comes through in the interview. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we hope you guys enjoy it and let's bring her in. 
All right. Well, Tanya, welcome to the podcast. Oh, How are you doing today? Great. Thanks for having me. Oh, we're so excited to talk with you today. So. Yes. Yes. Me especially because we work together in the in the same industry for yeah. a while now. Um, so it'll be cool to, to hear your background and, and get some more information. Get so a little more story. That's right. Storytelling. We so, love storytelling. Yes, yes, that's what that's our what whole thing is. actually that's is, right. storytelling. Yes. So let's start um, from the beginning. How did you get into the commercial real estate industry? Oh, my goodness. Well, how I got involved in crew or how did I just get involved in the industry? Let's do the industry first. In the industry. Right. First, right. And then, the yeah. industry. Well, my path sort of led me through um, my background in design, and then I have a background in manufacturing, and then I'm working for a company that's service-related in the contracting um, segment, which obviously is a part of the deal when you're putting together a package for corporate real estate and Mm -hmm. um, getting better connected with decision makers and influencers was definitely part of my motivation just to deepen my reach in my market. Um, primarily my, my previous position, I flew half the country, so I needed to get a little more grounded. And, and although I had relationships, I needed to expand that, that relationship um, mm. currently in my current position. So what did you do right before Bonnets? So before Bonnets, I was a manufacturer's rep and for a commercial flooring manufacturer that was based in California um, and little, for 17 years. And the last five of those years I spent in, a, in an airplane traveling half the country from mm. Dallas to Cincinnati to Miami to D.C. Uh, so but, tough. Yeah, it was wide, wide uh, coverage, but um, experience all... all um, never regret. It was, it was a great opportunity, but you know, what's been extremely rewarding about this role at working in Greenville is, and I've lived here for 25 years, uh, although I'm not from here, I'm a transplant, but I consider myself, you know, you feel true Greenville now. now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, just, just digging deeper into the, my, backyard and and being able to enjoy all the restaurants, just not some of them. (laughs) And, um, you know, just developing more connections in the business world and and especially in the business that we're in. And it's it's all about constructing new spaces and buildings and and crew has certainly been a a big help in that in that um, getting more involved. Yeah. yeah, sure. So your title is director of sales. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you do many other things as well. Um, mm-hmm. What does your day to day task role, you know, um, et cetera, look like within Bonnets? Well, when I first joined Bonnets, and they they were actually a customer of mine, so it was a, a real easy interview process because I, I was very well entrenched in the business, you know, having them as a customer of mine because they distributed and installed a lot of the products that I represented. So. Um, so coming on into Bonnets, I came in as a project design uh, and product specialist. So my initial connection was developing uh, that relationship with the A&D to kind of shorten that that um, language barrier that happens from the A&D community to the contractor and, you know, troubleshooting technical and or product solutions. And pretty much my whole career, even as a design um, um, professional, was always problem solving. So mm-hmm. that's what I've kind of figured out after 30 years that I love to problem solve. <laughs> so, um, you know, day in and day out, 
I'm always problem solving. So it can come in many shapes and forms. It could be someone that's never been introduced to bonnets uh, and understanding all the lines of business or of services that we provide, anyway, from flooring to ceiling to drywall to acoustics to exterior cladding mm -hmm. and so forth. So um, my job description uh, covers both the contracting side and the flooring side as well, but not limited to because we, uh, we do other things with excess flooring and all the all the other um, sections, all the other divisions in construction that you can possibly find in the built environment. So before you were the manufacturing rep and before this director of sales, sounds like you have obviously a, a background in design. So can you tell, like, was that a college thing? Yes. Did you get into that yeah. in college? So I have a degree in interior <laughs> Oh, you design. have a degree? <laughs> yes, yes. I went to accredited college at the University of Kentucky. Um, I actually um, married an architect, and, and uh, so we moved to the South, and I worked as um, in facilities planning. But I've always worked in the healthcare arena mm -hmm. up until um, when we relocated and moved to Greenville. I crossed the road after 10 years practicing professionally and found myself working for um, a manufacturer and representing a product. So I covered the state of South Carolina and Western North Carolina for several years until I progressed and somehow ended up in, in management. <laughs> which is <laughs> exciting. Yeah, yeah. which was yeah. a whole nother, um, you know, um, venue of, of your career and leadership. So mm -hmm. um, great experience. And then, you know, just grounding myself more now. I'm working on the service side. I'm able to utilize the design background and the sales side and now the service side. So right. I've got all kinds of vantage points. So mm -hmm. depending on what customer I'm talking to, I can kind of wear multiple hats for sure. Yeah, right. that's so. great. What, um, so when you made that transition out of design to manufacturing, what were you thinking? What was your motivation for why, well, why to want to make the change? Well, the biggest reason was I needed, I wanted, I felt myself wanting something a little more entrepreneurial. Like I felt mm -hmm. the desire to have a business or run a business. And when I moved to Greenville, I didn't know a lot of people and it was a risky venture to start my own mm -hmm. business and yeah. design. And I think that at that time, uh, well over 20-something years ago, um, the interior design profession was still in its infancy here. And, um, you know, the options, it's just like that door just opened into manufacturing mm -hmm. sales. And uh, I had a good friend that was on the other side that moved into management that, truth be told, he really recruited me mm -hmm. and um, felt that I would do really, very well. And I never looked back because it just really... I'm a very driven person, and so there was always every day was something different and was problem-solving for the very people that, you know, after being on on the board side, I knew exactly how to help people get where they were going. Right. So, um, yeah, you had a really competitive rewarding. advantage almost. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Super nice. So, but it was ex it's exciting, and um, it, that really helps my relationship development because mm -hmm. I, I come towards my business more in a consultative way rather than... Yeah in a selling way. The, Which, sell, the, sell, yeah. the sell takes care of itself, you know, if you're on the front end of just being more consultative. Gotcha. I really like that. Just building yeah. the relationship more than the sale, mm -hmm. I think, is an important perspective. So tell us, what is the most challenging part of your job? And then at the same time, like, what's the most rewarding? Oh, gosh. <laughs> most challenging. <laughs> well, in my previous position, I was totally in control 
of everything. You know, in this role, there's many people that are part of a team. And so you can't always be in control. I must be a control freak. Did I just admit that? <laughs> no, we didn't hear it. We didn't hear it. Of the whole process. That's probably so far. Because there's many people and it takes a village to, mm-hmm. to do this. So um, that's the beauty at working at Bonnet. So when we have estimators. We have project specialists that help with the administrative side. We have project consultants that which do all of the pricing formulas and work you know, do um, the pricing direct with the end users and general contractors and and even design firms. We do both for that. And um, we have project managers that manage the jobs in the field and um, the list just keeps going on and on. So that's the beauty of it that is that a customer gets a lot of people involved to take care of of the finished product. Mm-hmm. So um, I wouldn't necessarily call that frustrating, but you don't always get to control all the details yeah. <laughs> of that and, and how it's going on. But, you know, the reward is really at the end is is solving people's problems. And they get mm-hmm. so excited when you have the answer and the solution. And you may not have it right away. Or even conversely, if there is a problem, I mean, you know, you can address it. You may not have the answer right there or in them, but you figure out alternative ways to proceed, which is we take great pride in that and into figuring out how to mm-hmm. how to address anything that may come up. And in construction, always something <laughs> comes up. Right. <laughs> right. So I mean, really, when you think about problem solving, it's that everyone comes to you to bring their problems yes. because they're like, oh, you're going to solve this. And yes. so your inbox is just Problems. Yeah, and I love being needed like that, you know. <laughs> She's a control freak. She wants to be needed. <laughs> I love this. Yeah, because it's, it's true. We all feel yeah. that way to some extent. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. They reach out to me. I'm not sure you're the right person, but I know you can help me find this person. So, That's right. That's you know, a really great so. pivotal spot to be in, though, to know that people trust that you're going to get them to the right spot. Yes. No matter what happens. Yes. And it, and that for me is really rewarding is the, is that relationship. And it runs deep for me. It's very personal mm-hmm. and I, I try to honor that in every way and um and like I said, and very luckily there's very few times that I have to go in and apologize cuz we really, really try to stay in front of situations and and be honest and and on uh, how to approach certain mm-hmm. things. So um it's just really caring. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So, which I mean, that's a difficult thing to do too. I feel like to, I know that I struggled coming into professional, like when I was like a baby out of college, trying to figure out like what does my business persona look like, and realizing more and more like, oh, my business persona should just be me. Like mm-hmm. how I show up to work every day should be how I show up with my friends or my people. Like there's a air mm-hmm. of professionalism, but the caring has to be from you. It has to be your own personality that you're. Working it is. with, and it's part of our core value. I mean, urgency is essential. Nine times out of ten, there's no <laughs> level of procrastination. Uh, you know, I have, especially I have right now. <laughs> yeah, especially right now. Um, I mean, there's always uh, that a level of 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 you know you have to balance, prioritize, but uh, you know you have to be able to pivot very quickly mm-hmm. and 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 juggle and prioritize the day and, and be able to delegate. Um, it's, it's, but I, I must enjoy it because I keep doing it. You keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, and I can personally vouch for her caring about her designers and things like that because we'll come to her and say, well, I kind of want like this aesthetic, like, and we, and we kind of want this type of product here. And she's like, okay, here are your options. And they have this whole 
beautiful big library uh, that we can use and we don't have to have in our office. And it's just, it's a great resource for us. And she's like unbiased towards, you know, the manufacturers. It's more like here are, you know, all of your options. And based on what we're describing, what we're looking for, you can point us in the right direction. So. Yeah. And it's, it's not always aesthetically driven, even though that's the real fun part. <laughs> I mean, I see a lot of products every day and, and that's the beauty of being passionate about the yeah. design industry is you get to see how products are developed and the inspiration behind that. But even more so, I'm able to connect the, the difficult part of like, is this functional? Will this perform? You know, think about things that they may not necessarily mm -hmm. be aware of, but that I deal with every day. Mm -hmm. um, and certainly if there's even deeper technical things, I have specialist people that I can rely on that can be a part of the conversation. So and I love it because it, it totally separates us from our competition and, and the value that we bring. It's Tanya Jones. And <laughs> 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 Symbonics, they give me that opportunity for sure. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. So thinking about your career trajectory over, you know, the past however many years, um, do you feel like it's been a, like a steady climb or have there been – it, times where you've had to take maybe like a lateral shift in in what you were doing at the time, but then that maybe got you to where you wanted to be quicker. How do you feel about how your career growth has been? Oh, well, I, I don't know that. Um, it, it's interesting because when I got out of school, it was, it was during it in the late 80s. It was definitely a recession. And you know, you're being fortunate to have a job and it's just that generation. You just, you get in that gerbil wheel and you go and you dig in and, you know, there's a lot of gratitude around that first opportunity. Um, for me, more or less, every, uh, you know, life gets in the way and sometimes you have to make a change, like getting married and relocating, you know, <laughs> and, you know, somebody has to make a decision on whose career is more important. And um, definitely some of that may happen, but for the most part, it's been a very natural progression mm -hmm. and opportunities for me have opened up based on my reputation and my interactions with people. So it's just been this natural fruition, um, which I'm very grateful for because mm -hmm. um, I've never... I've never had to just overly think and and yeah. it, it just really opened, doors just sort of opened. Um, it was a very natural progression for me. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm a very loyal um, person too, uh, just just from the part of, I'm in the, the people business. And mm -hmm. so a lot of what I do is a high level of commitment, not only for my employer, but for my customers too. Mm -hmm. And that's how I build my reputation. For me, I feel like that carries me at, has carried me far. I've never lived with any regrets with that, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So sidebar question, how often do you and uh, Clay talk about design at night and oh being an architect? God. Yeah, being an architect. Well, let me just tell you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. The subject has come up a lot lately on our own personal home, for sure. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. After 25 years in the house, we're ready to do, you know, mm. redo the kitchen and, and various little projects, you know. There used to be a day where he had felt like he could could do it all, but it's time to hire somebody now. So. Yeah. No more DIY. Yeah, yeah. You know, in the in the early days, and I think that's what connected us in college was just, you know, a lot of the um, art museums and, you know, just having that level of appreciation. Mm -hmm. or, we'll, or we'll be on a family trip somewhere and we'll both identify very easily with the building and or materials. And, and I certainly know more about materials. <laughs> <laughs> As you said. I can 
he manufactures as we walk through his space. That's so and funny. Like, yeah. That's so amazing. Yeah. What? It's, uh, that's so funny. It's like my, my dad used to be an aircraft mechanic, and the amount of times we'd just be standing outside, and he'd be like, I see the engine on that plane up there is a this and this and this, and so that means it's this and this and this kind of plane. <laughs> and that just felt shocking to like yes. us as children that he could look up in the sky and like talk about what kind of airplane. So I'm sure you, it's it would amaze me same. the same way. Yeah. For our industry, for, for sure. Yeah. yeah, we're very visual people and connect with with beauty and appreciate it for sure. Yeah. When Stephen and I first started dating, you know, him being in construction, we talked about architecture and construction all the time. And then I think we maybe talked about it too much. And so we just, there was a period of years where we just didn't really talk about work at home anymore. But now it's cool because we're kind of coming back around to that, but sharing our perspectives from different angles, him mm-hmm. from a GC perspective mm-hmm. and me from an architect. And so it's been enlightening to kind of hear a different perspective. And so I can work with contractors better because of that. So I don't know. It's, so it's just I'm, interesting when your spouse is in the same, uh, in the same, same industry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So should I be rethinking my no dating account? I don't know. <laughs> it depends on what you want, I guess. <laughs> we'll see. Well, tell us if you've ever had a mentor and what you learn from them, oh, yeah. that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. I've, um, I'm, I've had lots of mentors, but one in particular that sticks out was a counterpart of mine, and um, she lives in New York, and she's very seasoned, probably 10 years older than me, and I, th- I, I recommend everybody have a mentor, you know, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it really, I found myself in a role very, elevated role very quickly. And and for me, I'm a very strategic thinker. So I have to gather a ton of information before I execute on things because I want validity behind what I do. So being able to bounce off of somebody who's already been doing something for a period of time and being able to, to execute. And then before too long, I found that there were things that I excelled in, that my mentor was very curious about. So I felt like I was bringing value to that relationship ultimately too. Yeah, but that's great. I'll always be grateful for her mentorship at that time and during my career for sure. Yeah. So, um, go ahead. So, we, so switching gears and talking about everything that's going on right now with COVID, um, how have you seen resiliency playing out in our industry during this time? I mean, it's... Um, I know that's a big, a big shift. Big topic, yeah. yeah. Um, but how has it been for you guys, and and what are you seeing, um, or how are you seeing people mm-hmm. deal with it? Well, for sure, today we know more about what we're dealing with, so people have adjusted in in our industry very well to it. I mean, there's still a lot of adjusting going on, but for us, being an essential business, because we work inside hospitals every day, mm-hmm. and we work, you know, in higher education. I mean, there's a lot of businesses that it still has to go on. So, you know, for us, we've been working since day one and certainly under a lot of different restrictions, depending on what building we're entering or if we have meetings within our own offices. But, um, you know, there's a lot more of an understanding of what we're dealing with and we can practice safely meeting and having meetings with, you know, small groups of people that can still come into the office and masked and, you know, just taking all the precautions necessary. So, um, but, you know, we, we have to get on with business yeah, too, right. right? So, um, but we want it to do in a safe fashion and, and do what's comfortable for people. So, um, especially our customer base, like largely like architects and designers who need materials can use our full library, who may not always have access to those manufacturers reps who we support too, 
that come into their offices. So being able to come into our office and have full access to our deep, you know, and expansive library is a huge benefit for mm -hmm. someone from a team to come in at their leisure and and take advantage of that space. Yeah. Um, but that that's always been there. That was there before COVID and now even after it's become even more accessible for sure. That's just one small example. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as I mean, you've talked about how relationships are so important to how you do your job. Did you find that it was different during COVID? You know, like how did you shift that relationship building when maybe you can't have as many like in-person meetings, or did that not affect you, really? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm really old school. I like to pick up the phone anyway. Mm -hmm. um, you know, electronic is good, you know, with emails and, and stuff, but I still want to be able to communicate with somebody. You you always get a lot more information, and, and there's tone that can be acknowledged, right. and um, even if it's just on a personal level. So um, for me, just taking that, I mean, I've always done that, but I always encourage people around me in sales to always, you know, pick up that phone. Um, and a meeting in person today and, and who, whoever is comfortable with that, mm -hmm. um, you just kind of have to manage that on an individual basis for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So thinking ahead, what's, what's next for you? What do the next five to 10 years look oh, like? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I've got so much to accomplish right now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It feels like we won't get through it. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I, I, uh, I don't want to call it a workaholic. What do we, what do you want to call it? I enjoy work, work enthusiast. Working, yes, <laughs> a work enthusiast. I love, I love to work. I, I can't even imagine. So, um, you know, I have a lot to accomplish at Bonnets. You know, this, this role that I'm in now, I just moved into two years ago. So really, you take COVID was a little bit of a, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and the business is evolving too, and I'm really excited about the direction it's going. We have 16 offices throughout the Southeast, so there's so much opportunity, um, even under one roof. So even if I'm not in this role, there's probably some other roles that if I don't create it, there might be one, <laughs> you know, that puts me in another capacity. Yeah. I feel like I bring a lot of um, knowledge to the table with my years of experience and, mm -hmm. and the fact that I'm working in Greenville, South Carolina and understanding, you know, the, the whole web of, of business. I mm -hmm. continue to, you know, I could still have a good, good career ahead of me. I like that. Yeah. So, well, what's the best advice you've ever received? Oh my goodness! Anywhere in any, it could be business related, could be personal. Yeah, oh, put me on the spot because I always <laughs> feel like it has to be profound. <laughs> the best advice, um, authenticity, probably. Mm -hmm. If I could just sum it up into one word, um, you know, and just work with intention within within your own personal life and, and in business. So. Mm -hmm. It's a huge formula. Yeah. So what advice would you give for someone looking to do what you're doing today or to get into the, the industry that you're working in? Oh, well, um, certainly, you know, as we recruit people, we're always looking for people. We don't wait for a position to open at Bonnets. And um, if, if, you know, if the talent and the drive and the character. I mean, we look for people that are a good cultural fit. Mm -hmm. And it's certainly a benefit if you have a background in construction or even design and architecture. Not, you know, everybody 
goes completely the hundred percent that path. There are so many opportunities in the built environment. So we have, you know, people that are very, you know, areas of need for project management and estimating. I mean, they, it, the list is, is, is long, you know, and with opportunities available within our own company. Mm-hmm. So, so what do they need to do to get there? Oh, they just need to call me. Call me directly. <laughs> you can find her contact information at the end of the podcast. Several positions actually we're looking for. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, tell us a little bit real quick about how you got into crew because obviously, you know, right now you're on the board of directors as the head of sponsorship mm-hmm. and you're doing a great job. Okay. So, like, how did you get into crew? Well, how has crew helped you in your career? Gosh, I'm trying to remember now. It seems like so long ago, and this has gone into my third year. Um, I, you know, th- this is a good question, Jessely. You might even have had. Something I'm trying to, to remember because it. what I, I did. what I do remember is that Kimberly, for some reason, thought your name was Tanya uh-huh. when she first presented you to the board as a member, uh-huh. and we're like, I'm pretty oh. sure it's just Tanya. Yeah, it is. It's the long A. <laughs> I have to give Kimberly. Less yeah, we'll have battles. a hard time because my sister-in-law is Tanya. <laughs> okay, I think so, that might have been it. It was like yeah. she'd heard it from someone else, and so uh-huh. so I I do remember us talking about you coming on as a member uh-huh. and how excited we were to have you as a member. Well, I just know I, whenever you make a decision to, invest, you know, become a member of an organization, I mean, what you put in is what you get out. So, yeah. oh, uh, I believe that's so strongly. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> and, you know, you, you, so I just started attending every single meeting. I think my face just started popping up routinely. Yes. And, yes. But I truly intentionally, the, the crew chats were so informative. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's actually a benefit because you're in a smaller group and, you know, depending who shows up that day, you, there was a real opportunity to talk to somebody before and after. Mm-hmm. And it makes for good dialogue, too, yeah. mm-hmm. um, discussions during the crew chats. Um, and I love per- professional development. Um, I'm always podcasting and listening to various forms on sales and leadership. I just think you should – actually, I had this conversation with my son taking him to college and moving him in about how being a constant – you will never stop being a constant – student for the rest yeah. of your life yeah. and you appreciate it the older you get like mm-hmm. you don't realize that when you're 18 years old you mm-hmm. know but well I can tell you when I was doing accounting homework I wasn't like can't wait to do this for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know I find it very fulfilling how to help other people be the best version of themselves mm-hmm. and I'm constantly even evaluating myself like how can I do things a little a little differently and crew offered me some an opportunity to get more into the business lane because I've been so heavily involved in my industry lane which mm-hmm. is very de- design and architecturally driven and there's some great organizations with that but I also wanted the bit, the bit more business application as well so the topics and also the hard hat tours I mean, uh, just seeing p- things in Greenville that you don't wouldn't necessarily, go, you know, have the opportunity right. to to visit some of these sites. I mean, mm-hmm. we've done a courthouse tour. We did the Inland Port, like to to actually physically be there and understand how 
how that business operates has been quite rewarding. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it definitely helps my perspective of what, what does Greenville and the upstate look like That's and right. what is real yeah. estate there. So. Yeah, and being on the sponsorship committee, you get to talk to people in every different aspect of commercial real estate too and understand what's going on with them. And, you know, I'm sure that only helps you from a business perspective. Oh, totally, totally. And you know what, too? I mean, we predominantly are women. We have men in our organization as well. But I love seeing women. There are so many women in leadership in this in this town, and uh, it's very rewarding to be around strong women and tell you know smart women that that are making business decisions every day and being part of that package. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. been yeah. quite rewarding professionally. Agreed. Agreed for sure. All right, are you ready for some rapid fire questions? Yeah. Let's do it. Are you ready? All right. I'm ready. Number one, what do you like to do for fun? Oh, that could be a lot of different things, but um, hiking, getting in the great outdoors, some of my Pilates and yoga. I'm in that part of my life right now. Sounds nice. (laughs) Sounds relaxing. I don't come back to cycle. Uh, Cycle bar. Yes. I've gotten so many crew members to join that now. I've got Uh Heather and Michelle both coming, so we're slowly building up cycle bar. Um, Where is your favorite place to travel? Oh, well, my favorite place, because my family and I would go every Thanksgiving to Belize, but that's been on really? hold mm-hmm, just because of the whole COVID thing. So now, as of this summer, we went to Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Okay, also Idaho. a nice so now, spot. Now it's shifted to the West in North America. Wow. <laughs> so I guess you go fishing every time you go to Belize. Oh, yeah, that's you? part of the program. I would assume know. so, yeah. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. That's cool. We went there for my honeymoon. family, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so what is your favorite business-related book? My favorite business, I've read a lot of different ones, but one that sticks out to me is a book that was written by the guy that started Cliff Bar. Mm, okay. And it's called Raising the Bar. I won't give it all away. It's been a while, but it is it is a good business book when you're talking about a small business that started in this guy's garage and mm. how it evolved and you know, how many times he tried to, you know, people tried to buy him out and reduce the contents of the ingredients. So you've got this mm-hmm. healthy piece, which I very passionate about health and wellness, and then the business piece. So I highly recommend it. Oh, that's interesting. Do you have a favorite Cliff Bar? Oh, the chocolate, to always chocolate chips. And okay. yeah, that one. I like the, it's like dark chocolate peanut butter banana. Yeah. It's like a lot of things a lot. Yeah. all together. It's delicious. I'm strictly peanut butter, but it's so good. <laughs> um, current TV show that you're binging. Okay. Well, I've been waiting patiently for Yellowstone <gasps> to start. I just started watching it this uh, last week. Oh, my goodness. I binged through that. Yeah. I actually had to surf hard because my family started it before I did, and I needed to get my mind wrapped around mm. going out west. And so I, I, I found um, a free, you uh, a free thing for a week kind of thing and just binge the heck out of it till oh. I got to the very end. Now I can't wait for it to start. That. So I think That's it's so November. F- oh, man. November. That's a little bit is of time. It, is it season four or five? Uh-huh. Four. Season four. Okay. I've got – we're watching it like one episode a week with friends, so I, it'll be 15 years before I That's finish. Really slow. It is really slow, but, you know, we got to trust the process yeah. when you're watching That's with right. friends. So. It's all part of the experience. And I do want to ask, do you have a favorite podcast? You mentioned that you like listening to podcasts. Yeah, I have a few of them. Um, but one that I, if we're going to keep this business related, um, so 
Bonnets is an ESOP, which is employee-owned, and we follow the great game of business. Mm-hmm. So um, that they have a great podcast um, that talks about that type of style of, of management, mm-hmm. which is pretty much open book. And the concept behind that is that everybody's an owner in the business. And, you know, if everybody thinks like an owner, then obviously the succession of success that happened that comes with that. Mm-hmm. So it's real interesting to have great speakers. Um, you know, they'll even have topics on humility and, and uh, you know, things that are important in, in the workplace mm-hmm. in working with teams and mm-hmm. relationships on up to a lot of other difficult subjects. Um, so... Anyway, I enjoyed that one. Nice. What is it called Jack again? Jack Stack. Great Game of Business. Great Game of Business. G-G-O-B. So I had a question about ESOPs. This is totally tangent. But um, how does how does it work with ownership? Like, does, can you buy more to have more shares? No, it's based or? on the, the success and profitability of the company. Okay. So yeah. everyone's equal, I guess, yeah. in, in terms of ownership? Yeah. Okay. And, well, and... It is well based on you know compensation and the percentages of okay. that get contri- yeah. contributed every year. Okay, it's kind of based on like obviously more. I audit a couple of these subs, so okay. um, it's based on like how much profit there is, how much is going to get contributed, like, and you get it allocated based on based on your salary. Usually on your salary, yeah. Okay, there's all sorts of formulas where the accountant and yeah. I mean, Marina thankfully there's there's <laughs> other people that do more of the specialty stuff. I'm like on the yeah. lower level, but, but yeah, it's, you'd have a giant it's spreadsheet. Awesome. It's yeah, a, it sounds it's like a huge it. draw. And, you know, I'll say this, you know, because our industry has been hit over the years, construction and people coming in and out, even in architecture and, mm-hmm. and the, you know, the hands-on labor pool. And at Bonnets, we have such tenure that we have skilled people that work for the company, you know, on their hands and knees that we haven't lost, that they still mm-hmm. work in primarily because of that ESOP. Yeah, you know, interesting. So, so it's a recruitment we haven't lost tool people well. through over the years as the industry has gone up and down. So I really like that there's be- benefit. Very focused on making sure everyone feels like an owner. Because mm-hmm. I think you can have an ESOP and have people just be like, that's kind of like my 401k, mm-hmm. you know? But this is very much, seems very intentional, yes. which I like. Yes. And we, we teach, we have training sessions on how we make money so everybody mm-hmm. understands. And we have like a little mini games to, to, because someone can come up with a new process, you know, on, you know, we give them a challenge. It could be any, anybody is eligible to um, submit an idea that shows savings and it actually could change a particular process. Wow. Um, that's that's cool. just one way. I like that. Yeah, I do too. All right, last question. Most important question. Most important question, without a doubt. Um, what is your favorite restaurant in Greenville, oh. and what do you like to get there? Oh, my goodness. Well, routinely, I love going back to Urban Wren yes. over and over again. I feel like I'm someplace else, you know, when I go there. Uh, and you can sit in different parts of that restaurant. They've got this great little fireplace in the mm-hmm. back. And sometimes I'll just go there with my husband and sit at the bar. Like, the bar is so deep, and we'll actually just have dinner and mm-hmm. have a great glass of wine and the owner's fantastic. We've gotten to know, actually, we did the construction. We were the subcontractor on that project nice. um, and, and did a lot of the work. So it's maybe I'm a little partial because of that. A little but, partial. Yeah. But, the um, food is really, really good. Yeah, it's delicious. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any, do they change the dish all the time? Is that why? Or do no, you have like a specific all the time thing you they love? Do add new, they do add new things. Okay. So sure. do you have something that you would always recommend getting? Oh, 
oh, well, I do like this paper bag. It's called the paper bag salad. Mm -hmm. And what's so neat is they do this origami-looking paper bag bowl. <laughs> it's, it's, a, mm -hmm. it's a bowl, but it's made out of a paper bag, and it's just this Asian mixture of all mm -hmm. kinds of flavors that you can experience that are out of this world. Have you been there? I've been one time, and I think I just got charcuterie when I was there. Oh, we need to go back. Yeah, yeah. let's go yeah. back. No, you yeah. got to try it over and over. If you have a special night and you're celebrating and you get a bottle of wine, they give you a pen, and you can write down your anniversary date or whatever and they put it on the wall so all those wine bottles on the back wall are oh goodness, from special cool. occasions let's just go and just get a wine bottle and just call it just, <laughs> it'll be a special occasion that then we'll mark it we'll just make something up it'll yeah, be great. i'm yeah. excited well awesome well tanya thank you so much for talking with us today um it's been it's been really exciting just to, like hear more of your background and and your career with bonnets and and where you're going so well thank you so much you guys are fun to spend time with Oh, so. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> we really enjoyed having you on. Yep. All right. Thanks again. Thanks again.